two. Hey, well, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and cut off that count off. Is this two guys who happen to be pastors? Two guys who happen to be pastors coming together at you? Uh, not live. No, I mean, daggone it. Now, you're, you're giving up the whole gimmick here. We count down. We don't really know what we're... You're, you're, you're exposing the business here. I'll tell you what. You know... I think most people out there think we're just winging this. So we're just we leave the microphones on and do we just pretty we much the magic out yeah. There, we've actually done six takes of this already tonight. And Max tried to choke me. So well, you know what? <laughs> With the subject at hand, yeah, kinda. Uh, or I say something I shouldn't, you know. But uh, oh, fiddlesticks. Well, you know, it's it, it's it's just uh, this show is is one of those it's one of those weird things where we just kind of like you know what. We used to try to stick to a script, and we just found we found out they just don't work for yeah, us. Yeah, I just decided one night I didn't want to do that anymore. No, I no. Don't, I, don't know why. <laughs> I mean, it was one of those, like... I just took off on the Cincinnati Reds or something, and we yeah. were like, ah, the heck with it, let's like, do it. We had, like, bits and everything else, and it's like, uh, let's just... It's I too... mean, people out there are probably dying to know what happened to Harry. You know what? Harry, uh, he went... Harry went and lived on a farm upstate. Well, there you go. There you go. There you go. Better known as he passed. Well, you know, I, all I know is he is on a uh, on a tangent. Let me tell you. Hey, speaking of which, geometry finals Wednesday. Mm-hmm. All about tangents and secants and all this other nonsense. Proofs and all that fun stuff. Inscribed angles and the whole shebang bang. Yeah, I, you can have that. I think I'm good on that deal. Yeah, well, I feel lucky to be alive. I I got stuck in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, let's see, today Monday. That was recent. That was like yesterday. Saturday night, Sunday morning. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you don't follow me on Facebook, I mean, why would you? It, uh, it's pretty rip roaring tales every once in a while. Yeah, Southwest Airlines announced uh, over the intercom at the Phoenix Sky Harbor International Airport that our plane wasn't light enough to take off with all our fat cells on it. And so, uh, with that um, bit of information, I made the incredibly easy decision to <laughs> deplane and stay the night in Phoenix and take a more reasonable flight the next day. So, uh, got back in time. Of course, I, I have been fading throughout the day. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I don't doubt that. We're, we're making it. Had some business in Los Angeles. Did District Committee on Ministry. Uh, saw Kessid's play twice. Nice. And, uh, had a great time doing that. So uh, that's where I've been all week. We're a little late getting this here done. You know, aside from the fact you trying to choke me and me getting to the desk between us. Well, but, you know, it, it's it, it gets a little rough around here, Glenn. I'm gonna be honest. It it gets rough well, around normally here. Normally, I got a bone to pick with you, but I seriously thought I was going through that table Mick Foley style. So. Well, you know, the night is young. I'll be <laughs> honest. Um, but. Uh, no, we thank you for tuning in for the show. However, you found us: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Anchor, uh, Amazon Music, as well. Um, with Facebook, look up two guys that be pastors. We're on there. <clears throat> but uh, tonight is is kind of a show. I've had it. We mentioned it a couple episodes ago, and I've had a few people ask me, like, well, "When's this going to actually happen?" Tonight's show is about. Is a tragic tale of romance, secrecy, and murder most foul. 
I didn't know we were doing the Orient Express episode tonight. Well, you tell me that. I don't have the point. I don't have my mustache. Gosh for the darn it! I know. I prepared for the wrong episode, Matthew. I don't have my Poirot mustache, though. Nah, I'm good with upper position. Well, you know. We'll be all right. No, tonight we're going to discuss... Let's so more... are we doing love and intrigue and chaos? Are we doing the Garth Brooks episode? Oh, that's... Oh, that's... no, my mistake. The George Strait episode. Oh, uh, well, oh, oh, well um, I'll tell you what. That... Oh, the Shania Twain episode. Now we're talking. You're tugging at my heartstring now. That was That was every... Every every farm boy in 1999, I don't care how old you were, I was about eight, eight or nine, and you you learned to appreciate a gal by the name of Shania Twain. You did. I think Larry the Cable Guy immortalized it, though. What's that? Dear Shania wrote her a letter. It was just awful. <laughs> but, um... No, we're... I'll take the lead on mm-hmm. that. We're actually, I'm actually going to do a brief and, um, judging from my interview skills, um, lackluster and um, improper at times interview about the Freemasons tonight, I believe is what we're doing. We are, yes. Um, this has been brought up. Um, you know, I, I've kind of been, I've been faced with the question, like, well, how can you be a Freemason? Because I am. How can you be a Freemason and a pastor? Well, I go to lodge on Wednesdays, go to church on Sunday. I mean, what's the what's the deal here? Um, but it, it's something that we talked about hobbies. We talked about some things that interest us, and this is something that I've carried near and dear in my heart. And I feel that you know there's not a whole lot of information out. So I figured, what better way to discuss it than you know. On an, on, on an open platform, and you're going to get it straight from the horse's mouth. As a matter of fact, on Saturday, I was actually on the radio. Really? I was. Yes, I've got to tell you this. I was at the Shirley Strawberry Festival. They oh. had a radio. Oh, I mean, Hatton and Joint. Hatton and Joint. And the lodge was there. We were selling hand-dipped corn dogs. And they were... You're talking language there. Oh, they... Oh, man. made We fresh made the batter. It was like a honey cornbread batter. Oh, my gosh. It was good. Uh, but there was a radio station there, and he comes over and says, Hey, I need somebody with a face for radio. And I threw my hand up because I didn't understand what he meant. Um. <laughs> That's bad. I wasn't there. I could have told him. Mm-hmm. I've been told I got a face for radio. That's... Well, it, he just said it so fast. He's a DJ, of course, so he's got to. I don't know. Pretty much, I mean, it, and it was a it was a classic rock station, totally. I mean, not really out of my wheelhouse, but you know, whatever. Hey, Alman. <laughs> it's more uh, classic rock nowadays. Is like Matchbox Twenty and Hinder and all that fun oh stuff. Oh my! It wasn't even that. I wasn't even that old. Not really, old. no. Like I say, and you know, you made a comment. Not to get off on a tangent, but. You made a comment a couple of weeks ago. We talked about when you know you're getting old. I flipped the radio stations on this week because I, I wanted to test your theory. There was not a single song played on the radio. I had it on all day. All day. I couldn't find one song I liked. And this was on a country station. I just want you to know it'll be okay. It seems dark now, but you'll come to uh, respect the fact that you're old. 
and you will take it uh, out uh, on every young person you meet. Uh, uh, a, a friend of yours, Emily Webster, said the same thing. Yeah, pardon me, Emily Webster Heath. Yeah, no, 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 no relation, by the way. She's married to a fine, upstanding gentleman, member yeah. of our military. Marine Who Corps, uses yeah. his right and left hand turn indicators? Mm. Uh, Hunter Heath, <laughs> mm-hmm. down in South Carolina. So, uh, no, no relation necessarily. No. But no. A good Eastern Hancock human being there. Uh, also pointed out she had realized she was over that hill. So. I. I just, and it was one of those things I was excited, I was excited to tell you, but I knew you were going to be, because after that episode, I'm like, there's, I know there's it hurts. one, it, it, it hurts. I, I'm like, well, you're still making songs you like, and I'll give it a try. I got on the radio, I flipped it on, and I'm like, there's nothing on here. Do you know how long it's been since I've listened to radio? I, I, dude, my phone is my radio now because uh-huh. that—that's the only thing that has the songs I like. I am currently thirty-seven years old. I don't know that I've listened to pure radio other than listen to the Reds or the Pacers since my twenties. Oh man, that's been seventeen years, ten years ago minimum. That's a good God Almighty! How old are you making me? No, I'm just saying, just saying. By no. the way, shout out to me! I have a birthday on Wednesday, thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. Ooh. Coming up on the big day. Well, that's still a ways off. Well, you know. But, anyhow. I've got a lot to do between now and then. But, yeah, it's um, it's kind of kicking the teeth. It, it is just a little bit. Like, I thought I was kind of hip-happening, but, I mean, I don't, I, I just. No, the the stuff the kids listen to today, um, I don't know if I could categorize it as music. Um it's it's uh, spitting rhymes to sampled songs from another day. I mm-hmm. think is what a lot of it is. Um, now, that's normal circumstances. I, I did uh, give my uh, goddaughter, Kessid, a driving lesson this week. Fun. Before I left um, in a parking lot. And she can listen. She played some songs I, I could stand. Yeah. Now, they're not making it for me, but no, I could stand No, y- you it. could get behind it. And... Um, so, so that's not too bad. And then Lindy listens to most stuff that I do, mm. but she likes to pound the bass out sometimes. Mm. So she'll play stuff like that. But um, no, uh, big into the Offspring. Oh, nice. So, okay. Um, but yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough to swallow that pill. Uh, but it definitely comes our way eventually, and you just kind of have to accept it and. And move on. Uh, before we get going on the Freemasonry, shout out to the aforementioned Kessid Cooper. Mm-hmm. Uh, was in the Upland High School drama musical Bonanza Extravaganza. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pride and Prejudice, a modern story. So she played Jane, which I've been told, because I don't know anything about Pride and Prejudice. Um, I've been told is the oldest and prettiest daughter, and God bless her, she is among the most beautiful young gals I have ever seen, and I am extremely biased, so you can, you know, kiss rocks. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, uh, and shout out to Lindy, who I got to spend a bunch of time with, who you know. Yes, yes, I I am, officially, yes. Um, Well, wonderful time out there. 
But uh, we're back and ready to go. A lot easier to come back this year than it was I, last I, year. I don't doubt that. You know, we're going back pretty soon. So. Mm-hmm. That's always that's that's probably what makes it a little bit easier. You know, there's a there's another date in, in the in the forecast and for you. One of the things we are thinking about doing, you will love this. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you would do it, but uh, you would love this. I believe we are going to go on a, and I'm quoting, jet boat tour of the San Diego Harbor. Ooh. In a jet boat. Jet boat. Like these glides across the water. When it wrecks, everyone within a mile radius dies kind of jet boats. Oh, oh, <laughs> so, oh, oh, okay. Maybe, maybe not. Like that kind of thing, so. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm. Not a swamp boat, not a fan. No, 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 no. Jet boat. I might take a swing at it. I don't know. ESPN2 level stuff there. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm excited. Lauren was excited about it, which surprised me. So um, we'll be handling that business. I could stomach it. Maybe for a bit. And and I'll show you a video later. We'll get off this topic. But uh, I also have a great video with my little buddy Emmett that you, I know, having a little girl yourself and being a farm man are going to adore. So. Oh, well, good deal. I'm you, won't get, to you won't be privy to that, folks. But, no, uh, no, no, no. There's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that we enjoy that you just don't get a chance to. So, mm. we'll, set, we'll set up an OnlyFans for that someday. Oh, oh, ooh. No, so, no skin. You just get to see the blooper reel. There you go. <laughs> you know, dang on it, we're mm. never gonna get this done. <laughs> Too much. We just have. We haven't talked for. A we haven't. So. No. Um, have you seen this new Facebook movement where people are saying gas prices has got to come down because they weren't built for only? Things? Yes. Let me explain something to you, and it's something <laughs> you already know. As a man. Yes. I think they are underestimating how kinky this world really is. I, I, I have There is yeah. not a human being out there that couldn't make some money on OnlyFans. Because there, there are people who are into some weird stuff. And if you are willing to participate in some weird stuff, I promise you your OnlyFans will generate cash. I would I would not disagree with that at all. As a matter of fact, it, it goes back... Pineapples! There I did it. <laughs> it goes back to... What P.T. Barnum said, there's a rear for every seat. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, well, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, cleaning it up a little bit, but uh, it's, it, yeah. And it's one of those things like, oh, there, I, I doubt there would be um, something for me to watch on that. I guarantee you, you think of something, there's probably an OnlyFans or adult entertainment for it. I promise you that. Yeah, these these girls on Facebook are just like, I'm not built for OnlyFans. I'm like, yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah. You just don't know yet. <laughs> and it's a shame someone hasn't told you you're more beautiful than that because I promise you, you could generate cash. Yeah. <laughs> Men, same deal. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm just I'm as a minister who has traveled the world and a school teacher that has worked with literally every age of student under college. This world. Is jacked up. Don't uh, ever yeah, assume no. the word never applies to anything in this world. And I mean anything. Gosh. Well, on that note, on, uh, that, note. on that note, so. To the business of the evening. Yes, Glenn, I understand you have a few, uh, few Q&As, or Q's, and I provide the A's of Yes, none, and none of these questions were uh, pre-prepared. 
It's not like I was scrambling or printing them off before we got started or anything. So, um, we, we've got a list of questions here that I'm supposed to ask. Well, I mean... Um, we'll see how much fun I have with this, because I am pretty good at improvisation. It got me a lead in Bye Bye Birdie when I was in high school. Well, then there the you go. teacher said, well, you're the only one that's going to be able to, you know, maintain if we screw this up. Mm-hmm. And we're going to screw this up, so... So, anyway, um... First question I have is, um, do you guys sing the Stonecutter song that was featured in the Simpsons episode? Only after a few drinks. Um. Folks, if you haven't seen it, <laughs> oh. YouTube, Simpsons, Stonecutter song, where they do a, a slight parody. Of the Freemasons. Of the Freemasons. Yeah. I don't know how slight it is, because I'm not a Freemason. I have it on good authority. They're not as far off as we would all like to uh. Well, why do you think we still measure in inches and not in millimeters? I'll just say go. that. But, um... No. Electric system down. <laughs> we do. I mean, it, it's one of those things. I mean, we take... Like, it, it's been spooked in popular culture for so many times. You know, uh, the you know the Stonecutters on Simpsons. Uh, there was one... Family Guy kind of touched on it a little bit. It was when Chris was pledging... That fraternity, when he was going to the uh, that boarding school, and Carter was involved and all that stuff, kind of like that a little bit. Um, you know, there there's been a lot of different references to um, dis. Well, there's a show on Netflix. I think it's called Disenchantment. I think it's a Matt Groening show. Mm-hmm. It's yes. ref- it's referenced a time or two subtly. Lauren really likes Disenchantment. I've had a hard time getting into it, but Lauren likes it. That was kind of the way with me. I started watching it, and I'm like, eh, this is... All the voices are there, Yeah, the, the animation looks right, but I've just never quite it, It's It's one of those things that's like, you you have the expectation that it's, it's not The Simpsons. You know it's not The Simpsons, but it's also not Futurama. I don't know, for me. I, I didn't care, I just didn't care for the writing. Of it, yeah. So... Um, another question, and this is actually more of a comment, and I just want to see if you knew this. Mm-hmm. Did you know, I learned this going to this show, did you know that the show late, or uh, the Tonight Whatever show with Jimmy Kimmel is actually filmed in the Freemasons Temple Lodge of Hollywood, the old Freemasons? Did you know that? There, uh, and there's a reason why. Um, way back in, basically, since there's been any kind of form of entertainment, or any kind of form of industry, entertainment, manufacturing, whatever, Freemasons have been in it. That's just, that's just long and short of it. Uh, there has been several entertainers along the way who have been Freemasons. Uh, most notably, uh, of course, was John Wayne and a few others, uh, Red Skelton, and they all filmed in, um, they filmed in studios and everything, and, um, so it, it, I knew of it, but I kind of, and I couldn't remember if it was in, um, I knew it was in Hollywood, I just couldn't remember what, or where it was, but, um, there's been, like I say, there's a lot of them. Entertainment and Freemasonry kind of go together, and we'll, we might get into it a little bit more, but I mean, more often than not, if you're watching somebody from like an old movie, more than likely, I probably, if they were still alive, I'd probably be able to sit and lodge with them. 
Yeah, it was just, it was interesting to me because I didn't get my question answered. I wanted to ask, you know, well, do they still meet in here? And I know, I know now, they, I believe they do. Yes, yeah. Um, but that it's a more, yeah, it's was um, filmed inside. And I didn't, once we got in and we saw all the signage and everything, I was like, hmm, a Sonic Lodge. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of weird when you walk in because it, Typically, a Freemason lodge, not, you know, I guess this would be another answer to the question. When you see, and it's it's the Grand Lodge of Hollywood, more than like, or it's the Grand Lodge of California, it's probably the Grand, it's the Lodge of um, the Hollywood Lodge, whatever the number is. Um, it would have been built, because it's a, it's a pretty good sized building, and it would have been built in levels, you know, first, second, third level, and then it probably would have had like a, a basement, something. Um, and the meeting room probably would have been somewhere in those, those three right there, those three levels. Um, old lodges used to be built like that. Now, nowadays there's single level buildings now, unfortunately, because some of them old lodge buildings, and you can attest to this and being in that one, they are gorgeous. Some of them are just, oh my gosh. So I guess to, to lead off the uh, informational portion of the evening, and mm-hmm. I think, folks, if, if you're wondering how this is going to go, I honestly, stick with us here because there are some questions here if you have interest in some modern shows, like Oak Island, the mystery of Oak Island. Oak Island's a big one, yeah. Um, some documentaries they do on the History Channel where they talk about the Knights Templar and mm-hmm. things, where you wonder, well, what are those things? There's actually some interesting answers here. So we're going to depend, we're going to lean hard on our good friend and Freemason, Matt Heath, uh, to to guide us through this wealth, treasure trove <clears throat> of information. So I guess the first question would be, what is Freemasonry? Because I'll be honest, other than knowing that they uh, apparently built the temple in Jerusalem, mm-hmm. possibly twice, because you know it was knocked it was, down a yeah. couple times. Um, I, I really don't know much more than that because I myself am not a Mason. So You are not, no. It, Freemasonry is a fraternity. It's basically a, a band of men who have come together and they are from all walks of life. They are. We've got guys who are in Lodge who are mechanics. We've got guys in Lodge who are politicians. We've got guys in Lodge who are doctors, farmers, whoever. And you all come together... Um, it's a twofold thing. One is we try to instill a sense of virtue and morality in the person by Masonic teachings. Um, the other side of that is we also try to be charitable in all that we do. So you, you may see um, the Freemasons or even some of our offshoots. If you've ever heard of uh, the, uh, the Shriners... Um, the fun, the guys that wear the funny little hats and ride the cars and the parades and all that stuff. Or, by virtue, you've probably heard of Shriners Hospital. Or, um, for us in Indiana, the Murat. The Murat Shrine, that is one, which I'm a member of. Home of the uh, tremendous Egyptian Room and Old National Theater. Mm-hmm. Seen some great shows. Seen some good Theory of a Dead Man shows. I, that, for some, that room is just, I... They replayed the Egyptian Room earlier this year. Lauren and I went, and it was a tremendous show. I Everybody I've talked to that goes to see a show at the Egyptian Room does not complain. It could be the worst band in the world, and they would sound amazing in that show, in that room. But 
the the Shriners pride themselves on um, their big thing is helping kids who have medical issues. You know, start off with like what they, if I'm not mistaken, do do families pay a dime? No, they do not. I did not think so. Um, if you have a child who goes to a Shriners hospital, they will never, never pay one thin dime of anything. You get no bill. You get no bill. It is paid for by the Shriners. It is paid for by virtue of when I pay my dues to the Mirat Shrine, part of that to the temple, part of that goes to funding the hospitals, which our the one the closest one that we're connected with would be either Cincinnati or Dayton. I can never remember which one it is. I think it's Cincinnati. Cincinnati, I think, has a pretty um, significant Shriners Hospital. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, but that that's the big thing. Um, you know, yeah, we you know, do we wear a funny hat? It's called a fez, by the way. I did know that. <clears throat> the fez, I mean, the fez is a mark of a Shriner. Um, but, you know, they, they, we try to do as much as we can with that. Freemasonry, um, we try to be as charitable as we can. We do a lot of the lodge that I'm a member of, Shirley 531, um, we give a $500 scholarship every year to an Eastern Hancock senior, which actually this year we gave out two. So $1,000 total um, for them to use to in the pursuit of higher education, which is one of the tenets of Freemasonry, is we're trying to, you want we want you to strive personally to try and better yourself, to try and achieve a higher goal or a better goal for yourself. And all about self improvement, um, but yeah, it, it, it's we as Freemasonry as a whole. Like I say, it's a fraternity that we we try to be as involved in the community as we can. We try to be as charitable as we can, but we also, for our members, um, there's just a sense of brotherhood there, and we call each other brothers. You know, there's a sense of brotherhood where you know you. <clears throat> You um, you hold each other accountable, but if you have trouble, there's not a, a mate. There's not a if I go in like if I'm traveling, like if I was in Phoenix, like you were this past week, and I had trouble, I could call the local lodge and see if I could make connection one way or another, and see if I if I was in desperate need of help, um, you know, or even if I just you know, is there anything I can you know anything to do out here or anything like that, you know. Gotcha. Well, mm-hmm. the next question I would ask on this list would be, because I think, um, as you explained, and as I have caught on to over the years, because actually my wife's paternal grandparents were huge in their lodge in Fairmount, um, that the Masons seem to be a group of incredibly charitable folks. Absolutely. And yes, you do get connections out of it, but they don't seem to be hurting anybody. But within the church structure... And I know you've encountered this a great deal, and you're mm-hmm. not the first person I've met that has had that those encounters. Um, kind of a two-part question. Okay. Is masonry a religious deal, which I kind of know the answer to, but to piggyback that, um, what connection would Freemasonry have to a religious structure, if any? Because I think a lot of people believe that you guys are in there just constantly drinking out of skulls and 
Maybe you got a few vampires and leprechauns running around. I think people have no idea. Only on school drinking night is when we do that. Um, oh, so, I mean, it goes, <laughs> I like mean, I said, some of this goes it, without saying. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things, Glenn, that I mean... I actually, I had a professor in school at Indiana Westland, and I don't think he works there anymore, because I know you're going to start there. Mm-hmm. Um, who actually said, well, well, they drink out of skulls. You know, it was just mortified. Oh, my. This. And I was like, I think only the super-duper secret Ninja Turtle members get to do that. But The 33rd degree Masons, that's the one who do that. But we'll get into that, you know. Um, but, so, to answer the first part of your question, <coughs> Freemasonry is not a religion. Let's get that right off the bat. It is not a religion. It is not a substitute for a religion. There are members of Lodge, and I have sat in Lodge <coughs> with other men with other men who are of various uh, background, religious backgrounds. I've sat in Lodge with, you know, obvious Christians, obviously, um, but I mean Methodist, Lutheran. Um, uh, non-denominational church Christ whatever um, but uh, but I've also set in with Jewish folks I've set in with which those guys and, they're a hoot and my thought you know when people talk about masonry like it's some kind of cult or whatever but my response usually is I don't think because I don't know mm-hmm. I'm speak say I usually say I don't think or I think according to what the question is, I don't think it's a cult because it has so many varying religious members. For yeah. example, if it is to be believed that the Masons, the you know, the origins of the Masons, those folks built the temple, there are Jewish folks in that group, and I don't know a lot of Jewish friends who would join a cult. Yeah. So... Um, <laughs> So so yes, there are Jewish folks in it. There's a, there's all kinds of folks. I there, mean, keep, keep going. I, I mean, mean, there are. I mean, we there are. Freemasonry is a global thing. It's not just the United States, Canada, Mexico, England, Ireland, Germany, all them. It is a global thing. It it's so. It's very cool to to be involved in something that transcends languages it transcends barriers um you know you can be sitting in lodge with a guy who is hindu who a guy who is a muslim whoever um and you all are there for the same purpose um because you all are you all have gone through the exact same thing that i have that every brother before us has taken so it it's it's very cool to be involved with it as far as like what religion, like what religious it, religion it would kind of closely tie in with, um, none really. Being here's why. Religion is inherently prohibited from being discussed in lodge. Same as politics, believe it or not, it is vehemently prohibited from being discussed. Because we have, that's not what we're there for. We're not to, there to judge, criticize, make fun of, whatever. Um, because a guy who's a Methodist comes in and um, says something off the wall 
and it's from Methodist doctrine or whatever. And the guy who's Jewish, you know, he starts laughing at him because he spouted it off. That's not what it's about at all. When we're all in there, the only thing, and that's and this, I don't know if we'll get into this or not, but that's actually, it's a requirement that when you want to join a lodge, the first thing you have to promote, that you have to prove, is that you have a belief in some form of deity. Some people, that's where some people take some issue with it. Because, well, deity, so God, well, yeah, typically God. But there's also here in the United States, you know, the the Navajo, the Navajo uh, a lot of your Native American reservations, they have a lot of Freemasonry. Sure. And they do not observe the same God that I do. But yet they are Freemasons, and they are brothers of mine. So it, it's not, again, it it's not a religion. It's not a religion. It doesn't really, it doesn't really uh, embody one specific type of religion or anything like that. It's just, but it has religious overtones in it. I guess is the best way to put it. So the next question I would ask, because you're answering, you're you're checking a lot of boxes here. Mm -hmm. yeah, well, of course, I would expect nothing less. Well, you know, it's you're from the head of the Easter egg hunt committee. Well, that's it's pretty high, uh, pretty high standard right there. Hey, that's a successful Easter egg hunt. That's nothing. It is. It is something to be proud of. Um, I would be curious to ask, um, and I'll ask it a different way here. Mm -hmm. um, that's just the way this is worded. The way it was worded got got me laughing. Mm -hmm. But um, instead of asking when did it start, I would ask what are the origins what of it? Freemasonry? What do you guys tie it back to? So the origins, knowing that Solomon's Temple somewhere in the neighborhood of 3,000 plus years old, you guys obviously have your ties way back. So, that's typically what it goes back to is, is um, you know, that, that's referenced, you know, uh, and that's common knowledge. It goes to the, you know, the building of King Solomon's Temple, um, and it literally is scriptural. The way, I mean, and it's if you were to join a lodge, you would it would be kind of interesting to see some correlation, um, but um, you know that we the stone cutters and it and it it goes back to that. But then you fast forward to the medieval times in England, where the stone cutters, the well, stone cutters, stone masons, um, it was very much unique how they could figure out how to chisel a stone and to put it in a certain way, to make an archway, to make anything. And, um, you know, but those were, those were secrets that were, guardly, that were guarded very, very closely because you, if you had that, you had that knowledge, not everybody could, not everybody knew how to do it. So you could travel and visit or you know you could go to different job sites and do things freemasonry as a whole really just got started uh 1717 in england at the goose at the goose and gridiron tavern um was that what they were eating well <laughs> english food Ugh. but um 
that's that's when it pretty much that's when the United Grand Lodge of England's got got its foundation, and you know you fast forward, all these other Grand Lodges start sprouting up. Yeah, you, know, you have the Grand Lodge of Ireland. You have the Grand Lodge of uh, well, it's um, the Mystic Order of Freemasonry for the nation of France. France is kind of a sore subject, but we'll leave it at that. Um, and then, of course, you have, you get over here to the states, and this is where it gets funny, because every state, we have adopted the same, the same kind of mentality that the Articles of Confederation had, where it's like a loose affiliation of states and everything. So, here in Indiana, we have the Grand Lodge of Indiana, Freemasons. Um, Alabama has the United Grand Lodge, the Grand Lodge of Alabama, so on and so forth for all 50 states and all the American territories. If it's a country like England, United Grand Lodge of England, Mexico, United, you know, United Grand Lodge of Mexico, whatever, um, there's not like one central head over all of Freemasonry in, in America, but every state has what's called a Grand Master. And they are basically the head of Freemasonry in that state or in that area. Well, let me um, ask you this question, mm -hmm. uh, and then we'll go on to one that I think people will find very interesting. Mm. Um, I happen to semi-know the answer to this question, I think, because of Lauren's relation. Um, tell me about the Eastern Star and women with Freemasonry. Okay, this is always a point of contention for a lot of people. It, it's a big deal, especially in, in today's world. Though I will defend it immediately as an outsider by saying, I have yet, I have yet to meet one woman who was in the Eastern Star who was seriously butthurt that they couldn't be in the Freemasons. I think they enjoy the Eastern they, Star. They like their own deal. Um, so, I'll... At the very front of it, women cannot join Freemasonry. They can never be made a Freemason. Up until a year ago, the United Grand Lodge of England has begun recognizing women lodges. That's been a big uproar for a lot of people. Um, but... Here in Indiana, we do not recognize any woman who is made who says they have been made a Freemason. Um, but the Eastern Star is an organization. It's kind of an offshoot. It's a what they call an appendant body of, of Freemasonry, in a sense. But the Eastern Star is an organization that is inherently just for women. They have their own. Charters, they have their own uh, what's called ritual, things like that. It All of it is just, um, that is all that, um, that's all on them. Men can even join it too, actually, believe it or not. Um, but it's, it's inherently for women. The way that you join the Eastern Star is that you become, you're married to a Freemason. That's what you have to do. And they have other regulations as well. You'd have to look up what your... If you're interested in your husband as a mason or whatever. Um, I think actually if you're even a daughter and you're an adult of a Freemason, you can join it. 
I believe that to be the case, yes. Um, but they're... But the Eastern Star, they, like I said, they pretty much do what we do in a sense. They can just cook a lot better than we can. I'll mm-hmm. be honest. My gosh. I've had some Eastern Star meals, and let me tell you something. You feel it going down, and you carry it the rest of the day. It lays with you, boy. So my next question is one that I think people will get interested in uh, because of shows like the Curse of Oak Island mm-hmm. and um, the documentaries. Um, tell us about the what what the relation the Knights Templar has to the Freemasons because there's a there's a lot of mis there might be more misinformation about the Knights Templar than there is about the Freemasons. Well, I mean the Knights Templar we all know as um, these are this was the group that was blessed to go into the Holy Land and they were seeking. The Holy Grail. That's, and of course... In Which pop- I believe, folks, is being stored at the Church of the Nativity. Because as I have famously told in that story from the Middle East, I found a gigantic key on the edge of a cistern and took it back to an ortho- a Greek Orthodox priest who in turn, I believe, took a young man back and beat him with it. <laughs> Um, which probably opened the door to either the Ark of the Covenant or the Holy Grail. So yeah, we uh, all just got, wanted to toss that in there. We all got an email about that. That was yeah. There were some things that had to change security protocols. You know how it is. And I mean, I was not. I mean, I was not trying to stew you guys. <laughs> I'm a, as I said, I'm as big a proponent of the Freemasons from the outside as can be because there's just been so many good people I've known that are Freemasons. Uh, I didn't mean to get y'all in trouble, and I do apologize. Well, I had to take that class. It's it's so. you know, a couple of hours on a Saturday. It's not that big a deal. Just don't let it happen again. Well, uh, it wasn't my fault. Well, you're lucky I found it. If it had fell in that cistern, y'all would have kicked in that door, and somebody would have heard you. Well, we're not we're Freemasons. We're not locksmiths. <laughs> um, you know, no, it's. Uh, so the Knights Templar is a group. I don't think he was kidding, folks. Well, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna just leave that leave that be. A little bit, a little Let's bit of mystery. Yes. Knight, uh, the Knights Templar, we do draw from. Um, it kind of be. It kind of was a mesh, a little bit of again the stone cutters, the masons that the stone masons that built the temple. Um, moving forward, they all kind of merged. Um, and there actually was um, a lot of the thing, a lot of the requirements, a lot of the things that they had. They had a strict moral guide. They had strict moral guidelines to be a Knights Templar. They had very rigorous secrecy points that they had to have for not the Knights Templar. And you can actually still join the Knights Templar, believe it or not. It is still a thing. Uh, I have not joined the Knights Templar, um, but there's... um, I've contemplated it, I've thought about it, but um, if if I was to join every appendant body of Freemasonry, I would literally go broke paying dues. (laughs) 
Because that is another aspect of Freemasonry. You know, you you, and we'll get into that here uh, in a bit. I hope. But it's it, the Knights Templar is something that they catch a lot of bad rap, I guess, because of you know the Crusades and all these things. And I mean, so the History Channel has not been kind. They have not been kind to, to the them. Knights Templar, and you know, as someone who's traveled. Uh, the Middle East and visited the Horns of Hattin. Um, for the layperson out there, for anyone who is not actually familiar with the timeline of the Crusades, the Horns of Hattin are essentially where the Crusades ended as far as um, European Christians occupying the Middle East until England conquered it, essentially, mm-hmm. in... Um, the 1920s and 20s, so um, definitely have gotten a bad rap. Um, well, and I mean, they were they were basically shunned after the Crusades and everything. They were shunned by the Catholic Church, who sent them to begin with. But I'm gonna let that dog lie. Gonna let it be there. They kind of got shunned. I mean, they basically, and you know, if you've ever seen the movie. Uh, I read the book, uh, The Da Vinci Code. It talks about the Knights Templars, um, and it it's it's pretty. The history is actually not half bad in it, um, because there was a lot of times there was a lot of turmoil there for a bit where the Knights Templar legitimately they were more powerful than the Pope. I mean, they carried a lot of stuff. They were held in, for a time. They were held in very high regard. And then, all of a sudden, we get a new pope, and the new pope doesn't like all this. So, that's kind of the layman's explanation of what the the Knights Templar are. Great group of men nowadays. So, well, speaking of um, great groups of men, and now that we've kind of covered some of the different, you know, sections of... Freemasons and what they're all about. Yep. Um, let's get to some of the million-dollar questions. All right. If I can uh, answer them, I will. What are, and I'm going to let you go on this one for a minute, because I'm yeah. sure you have a treasure trove of information. I will see. Um, tell us about, and and make it stick, because I'm, I'm going to be honest, folks. I'm going to step out here for a minute and let the man work. Mm. Um who are some notable Freemasons who have done some pretty amazing things, aside from, you know, 42 of the 46 presidents? or whatever. Well, I won't go all that. But, I mean, obviously, first and foremost, you have kind of, he's called the father of American Freemasonry. Um, basically, it is the... Uh, basically, he is the father, you know, it's George Washington. George Washington, of course, being the founder of Freemasonry, or based not the founder of Freemasonry in America, but he is the one that we often kind of look for, look, you know, give a little bit of credit to, um, because he was so active in it. Even as president of the United States, he still actively um, attended lodge. He was actually the Grand Master. Um, uh, not great. He was a master of his lodge at Fredericksburg in Virginia um, as well. 
glad I mentioned there was actually several presidents who have been Freemasons. There's been quite a few. Um, Washington was, um, both the Roosevelt's, Teddy and Franklin. Um, let me think who else. Um, famously, notably, um, the one that actually has an Indiana tie to it, believe it or not, is Harry Truman. Harry Truman actually was the Grandmaster of the Lodge of uh, Missouri, if I remember correctly. And what about Independence, uh, Missouri? And, yeah, Missouri. And he, uh, actually, he visited a lodge here. I want to say it was, uh, not Greenwood, down there. Greensburg? Not Greensburg. Martin, not Martinsville. Greencastle? I can't remember. I'd have to look it up. Uh, I, that's horrible, but... He visited um, a lodge. He visited a lodge here in, in America, and as president, he was president of the United States, and he visited. And they were just so happening going to have a lodge meeting that night, and it was funny. He was going in, and of course, you know, the doors are going to be shut and everything. Well, the Secret Service men couldn't come in because they weren't Freemasons, and they, of course, you know, Secret Service protocol. They say, you know. Who you know this that and the other? We got to protect you, Mr. President. And he made the famous statement of, "Gentlemen, I am more safe in this room than I ever will be with you guys." Because he was in the lodge room with all of his brothers, brothers he'd never met, but brothers nonetheless. And that's another cool thing about it. That's who are just far more committed. I to mean, their task and their leadership exactly. and their commitment mm -hmm. than anyone was going to be outside of those walls. Exactly. Um, you know, we, we also mentioned in entertainment history, you you know, you have uh, you have Red Skelton, Clark Gable was a Freemason, John Wayne. Um, I can't remember. I think Jimmy Stewart might have been a Freemason. I, he, I don't think he... Well, you know, what is stuff? Well, yeah, you know. Well, you know, um, but uh, no, Jimmy Short was not a Freemason. I didn't think he was. I couldn't remember. Was he a know nothing? He was. He was a no. He was a know nothing. Um, but I mean, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, the man that gave us Sherlock Holmes, was a Freemason. Famously, um, the Duke of Edinburgh is a or was. I guess he's dead now. Is a Freemason. Um, he continues to be a Duke of Edinburgh, but the there was a Duke. They do it, a Duke of Edinburgh. Um, you know, you you've got, oh my gosh! I mean, you've just got so many people who were Freemasons. I mean, you know, you've had kings of England that were um, Freemasons. You had Duke Ellington, who was a Freemason, famous musician. Um, you know, you just um, you're gonna love this, by the way. The famous John Elway of the Broncos is a Freemason. Well, there you go. I mean, if that's not a reason to join, I don't know what is. John Elway, but Freemason. I, but, I mean, well, and of course, famously, you have the men who went to the moon. You know, you have um, Buzz Aldrin, famously, is a Freemason. Um, it, it's very much... We go a lot deeper than just guys who are local. It's a national and a world level thing. Um, you know, you and there's been some some masons who are a little rough. I'll be honest, some of them are. 
Um, you know, there's just, and I've hit my highlights, but let me pull up here really quick. Um, not fannies. Mm-hmm. Um, no, you don't want to look up fannies. Not really, no. I mean, ben, oh, how did I forget? The Founding Fathers, Benjamin Franklin, Paul Revere, um, nine signers of the Declaration of Independence. Um, the great Winston Churchill was a Freemason. Um, as a matter of fact, it's actually noted that that was the reason why him and Roosevelt got along so well was because the fact they that both they were Freemasons. both Freemasons. Um, Rudyard Kipling, the the author, was Adolf a, Hitler, a, a, a he was not a Freemason. And if we get into that, I'll tell you about it. Charles Lindbergh was a Freemason. Um, Henry, For- actually, I'm going to go back. Walter P. Chrysler, Henry Ford, and the gentleman, I can never remember his name, the guy that ran GM, all three were Freemasons. Um, you know, of course, the great Red Skelton, Gene Autry, um, you know, Cart Gable, Harry Houdini was a, was a Freemason. Um, well, that explains it. Douglas MacArthur. I mean, just, there's so many. I mean, I could keep going. Andrew Jackson. Well, we won't really claim that one too much. I'll claim Andrew Jackson. Uh, not Jack. I'm thinking of Johnson. Johnson. I'm thinking yeah, of Johnson. The heck with him. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there's there's just quite a few who. Uh, Simone Bolivier was a Freemason. Simone Bolivier. Yes. Um, you know, Glenn Ford, the actor, was a Freemason. More than likely, if you've seen a motivational poster with one of these guys on there. Or if you've seen a motivational poster with an old photograph on it, I will roll the dice and probably tell you that it is probably a Freemason. He was probably a Freemason. I mean, it's it, it, it just goes so deep, and that's the thing, and that's the cool thing. That's one of the reasons why Freemasonry is drawing some of the older, this newer, younger crowd, um, is because of some of the famous people who have been members of it. Um of course, there's also, again, there's also mentions in pop culture, as you will probably want to ask later on, and probably ask me the the uh, quintuple trillion dollar question about where something is. I don't know. What? The, I don't know. Uh, just, I mean, just... You talking about the uh, Ark of the Covenant or the Holy Grail? Well, I mean, there's, it's... I told you where they were. Well, you know where that is, but there's also something that we we have found. The Knights Templar might have found gold. Well, that's not just gold. There's a lot more. Well, I shouldn't be saying anything. I'm an like outsider. This. I don't know. Well, well, you know. We found the gold. So, with uh, so many being public officials and famous folks, mm-hmm. and great heroes of this world being Freemasons. Absolutely. Um. Is there a pathway, or what would be a pathway to joining? Of course, in the famous Simpsons Stonecutters episode, you had to save the life of a member, or be the son of a member. Of course, Grandpa Simpson was a member. I'm a member. I'm a member. It's one of those. So here's how you join Freemasonry. Um, you sign over the deed to your house, and then we inspect it, we appraise it, and we sell it. Then okay, you're in. No, that's not the way we do it at all. Um, so basically... Yet a lot of people just go, oh, oh well, I was thinking you know. about it until you said that. Well, so here's the thing. Freemasonry, the way you petition, the way you join Freemasonry is you 
ask a Freemason. You ask a lodge. Um, Glenn, if you were wanting to join Freemasonry, you would ask me about it, and then I would give you a petition for you to fill out. And it's just a kind of a questionnaire, kind of like a job application. Goes a little bit in depth, whatever. Find you find out a few things about it, or you kind of fill out a few things about it. We interview you, kind of find out a little bit more, kind of find out what's going on. In this, um, that's what happens on the outside. On the inside, um, I can share this. It, it, it is um, it's red, and then. Um, once we interview you, then we vote on you. And then once you, if you are voted in, or you're not, depends. Um, if you're voted in, then you begin the process of going through what are called degrees. So there are, you know, there's three degrees. There's Inner Apprentice, Fellcraft, Master Mason. Um, and every single one teaches different stories, different lessons, things like that. Um, you know, it's just kind of a, it's just kind of ceremonial stuff. And then after that, you, um, are, um, a Freemason, you're a Master Mason. And then you can become involved with your lodge, do things. Um, I will tell you that there are some people who go through the degree work. And then they're fine just paying dues for the rest of their life just to call themselves a Freemason. That, as you know, that is not what I do. I try to be in, as involved in my lodge as I can. Um, you know, I'm actually a line officer. I'm currently se serving as the senior warden of my lodge. Um, so it, it's very cool, very... Um, if you're a history buff... If you're a, a friend of, or if you have read the Dan Brown novel, uh, The Lost Symbol, um, or if you've seen us referenced in pop culture, like I say, our most notable mention, of course, was in the classic Disney film starring the great Nicolas Cage, as well as, you know... Um, Oh, Harvey, uh, I can't remember his name now, but uh, we start pretty much star-studded list of actors, actresses, um, National Treasure. You know, we're mentioned several times throughout that movie, and it kind of gives a little bit of a glimpse into what Freemasonry is. Um, is it accurate? Well, I'll say this. If it has piqued your interest at all, talk to a Freemason. Call your local lodge. Get online and Google, you know, the Grand Lodge of whatever state you live in. Um, look them up. Give them a chance. Um, you know, it, I, I will say this. I have never once regretted being, becoming a Mason. And I joined Freemasonry solely because of that movie. I remember it came out. I thought it was cool. And I wanted to be involved with it in one way or another. And here we are six years later. Did you find the gold? What's the next question? <laughs> hmm. uh, uh, I know the answer to that. You're still here. Uh, um, <laughs> so let me explain something to you folks. If I find Freemason gold, none of you will ever hear from my fat behind ever again. 
I will be firmly planted in Palm Springs with my new friends. <laughs> and me coming to have and a... we will be talking horrible, horrible crap about everyone we ever knew. Oh, I have no doubt on that, my friend. So I guess a couple more here. Yeah. Because we've got, we've got a date with Destiny and Snow Cones here. we got to keep... Uh, plus, my wife is cooking us pork chops tonight. Oh my goodness. Always I'm so... Throwback to the Simpsons again. Um, so often, uh, when someone dies and their family may have not, may have known they were a Freemason, but not have been super familiar Mm -hmm. with them being a Freemason, maybe dad didn't share a lot about it, maybe grandpa didn't share a lot about it, but all of a sudden some guys show up at the funeral, um... What what is going on there? Just it doesn't have to be in depth. I, I know there's probably some things you can't share, but well, uh, what what is the process? There's to put people at ease because I think that more than anything might upset that might or scare a few people. people. It, it can because I've been involved. You're talking about Masonic last Masonic rites. So when you uh, when a Mason dies, um, they can elect to have a Masonic service. Which it's basically a, the brethren come together and we perform kind of last rites for them. Kind of like they do, like a Catholic priest would as a person is dying or has passed away. Um, and we come together and we, we pray over him. We um, just perform a funeral for him. Uh, you know, a short Masonic funeral. It has roots in Masonic teachings, but... It's probably the most public thing that we can do. There are a few others uh, ceremonies that we do, but if you are at, if you're first and foremost, I want to say this: this, if your dad, granddad, whatever, was a Freemason, and you didn't know it, but you, but you knew it, but he didn't talk about it, when he passes. Go through, it's going to sound weird, go through his closet, his dresser drawers, anywhere, and look for a blue tube, and inside of it is going to be an apron. The apron is a piece that is, it's a, it's a symbol, it's a badge of a mason, and that is how you, um... That's how you identify what a Freemason is. When you see them wearing these white aprons um, on them, um, and they come walking in, they usually have white gloves and these aprons and their suits on and everything. They'll have some some pieces and things. Um, And make sure that you find that before the funeral. And... You give it, if you have elected to have, or if he has it written into his will, he wants Masonic services. Make sure that you find it and give it to him before the funeral. Because he is to be buried with it. I cannot tell you how many times that I have worked an auction, and I've bought him because it's a free... That was his badge, and it should not be... In my opinion, it should not be in the hands of anybody else except for a fellow brother. That's just the way it is. <coughs> so, but it's basically just a way for us to say goodbye. It's the same. 
It's no different than the funeral service that's going to happen immediately after the next day. Um, but, you know, it's going to be a little different. There's going to be some, some potential quote-unquote weirdness. So. Well, I wanted to ask that one specifically because I think a lot of people wonder, you know, what on God's green earth is going on there? And, and that happens sometimes, um, you know, in the Jewish community. I've heard horror stories about, um, you know, there will be family who may not even know because if dad married, you know, a um, non-believer, Jewish, I'm trying to think of the word for it. Um, here I am, the Hebrew scholar. Mm -hmm. Let's say the family may have not even known dad was Jewish. Yeah. Right? I mean, that because that happens. And... It's written somewhere in the funeral rites or in family tra histories, traditions, to have a Jewish-style service. Right. And there might be family, grandkids, kids, you know, if mom goes first and then dad goes, may not even be familiar with that part of their life. You know, the Jewish community will come in and do their thing, and, it's, and it can be off-putting. It can to be. To the family. Yeah. And I know that happens. It's really more something to behold, a thing of beauty where brothers, for, with the Freemasons, I can't speak to other faiths. And yeah. Things, but I've heard those stories. We've done studies, you know, chaplaincy and things. What, you know, even as a pastor, what to do if this group comes in, what to do if this group comes in and you're not told about it. You know, what legally is there? But Freemason service, I've always understood essentially the way you explained it. It's that group's opportunity to celebrate that part of that person's life. Exactly. That person wanted it celebrated. So it's not something to fear. It is not. Nor is it something for you to participate in. It's something for you to admire that was something that was important to them. It, it speaks volumes to a man who is who has committed himself, to who has taken the, the oath of being a Freemason, um, as it were, and... It's our opportunity to say goodbye, to celebrate this man, um, to look at the accomplishments, and just to kind of to get, pay it respect and give honor to him. Um, I've been involved in several Freemason or several Masonic services, and um, they are some. It's probably some of the most beautiful stuff. And I've had guys come up afterwards, said, "Man, we didn't even know Dad was a Mason." And it spurns a conversation. Well, you know, in honor of him, I'd kind of, you know, I'd kind of like to learn a little bit more, join in. Like, how do I do that? And so, but yeah, it, it can be very much a, a cool thing to do. So, that's that's getting us towards the end here. Mm -hmm. um, I guess I'll ask two more. Well, I got three more questions. Okay. Um, you mentioned, and I don't want to harp on this very long, but I want to circle back to it because yeah. I made a note in my head. Um, you mentioned that you have to ask a Freemason yes. to potentially get the petition and, and to possibly entertain the idea of, of joining. Um, do Masons solicit members? Potential members? That is a point of contention for a lot of Masons. The old way used to be, um, and you'll see it, to be one, ask one. 
there's a thing now where you can you can't really solicit members as such, but we can promote Freemasonry. We can like this show is is doing. If you look at the back of my truck, I have the square and compass with the letter G in the center of it. Am I mistaken in thinking that my wife participated in the creation of that? Uh, well, no, no. I had the truck what two days, and I said, my, I, I need I need to get a new symbol. Five minutes later, she said, "Here, put this on the back of your truck." I'm like, oh, such a. She is a daughter of. She is a daughter of a Freemason, yes. Um, and which star, so. so which is one of the many, many reasons I hold her in very, very, very high regard. Um, Me? Well, you know. Well, you know, well, you, you, you know, know Ted, <laughs> with the wrestling, you know. But um, there's a lot. There's people who say that you know they kind of put a bug in her ear. They talk about Freemasonry, but they don't actually come right out and say, hey, you need to join this. We might say, hey, Glenn, you know, I think you'd be a pretty good, you'd be a pretty good fit for the Lodge. Hey, Glenn, you'd be a pretty good fit for the Lodge. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, I hear you. Um, but, I mean, it is very much a, it's, I am kind of an old school. I adopted the old school way of thinking on it. I like the idea of somebody asking me about it. As a matter of fact, there's a young man who um, I hold in pretty high regard as well. Um, he held, He was an FFA member, <clears throat> FFA alumni as well, um, which remind me, and I'll circle back to that here in a minute. I forgot on the Freemason, the famous Freemasons. Uh, he helped us with our Easter egg hunt as an FFA member. He asked, like, what is this all about? Why Why do you guys do this? And I sat and talked with him for probably two hours, and he left with a petition. A month later, he turned it in, and he just took his second degree. And I was I was involved with it, and it was very... It, it, it kind of jerked some tears, because he's a good friend of mine, and he's such a good kid... And he wants to be involved as he can, as much as in, as involved as he can be with it, which is so so cool. Y'all Freemasons helped that Easter egg hunt. We did, we did, we did, we, did. Uh, we got good kids. We got, we do have good kids. Um, but my point uh, to circle back on the point, FFA and Freemasonry actually um, tied in together. Henry C. Grossclose, catchy name, I know. Um, the father of FFA, creator of it, was himself a member of the Freemasons. He was actually a member of the Rising Sun Lodge in Virginia. Um, so, very cool. Did not know that until I was probably a year or two into Freemasonry. Found that out, and I'm like, oh, it all ties together. <laughs> kind of like, you know, the Declaration of Independence and the Liberty Bell, and, well, you know, the clues are there. You know, I'm just going to say that if you want to find out any more. Um, well, you know, but yeah, it, it, it's it's very much. Uh, you can solicit members. Um, some do, some don't. I try not to. I try to put a bug in some people's ears, but that's beside the point. But um, well, I think I got I got two more questions here. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that. Um, and I've got, I've got, I'm going to save this question for the end. So, mm -hmm. um, you mentioned that you were doing fairly well with young people. Um, the uh, Lions Club is in a, is in dire straits. Um, so many of the social clubs of the last two or three generations 
are a life support. Um, would so you would say the Freemasons are actually doing quite well with the um, in certain areas. I, I overspeak a little bit on that, and and I won't name names or places because it is not my place to do so. But I imagine you've run into this before. Um, my wife is a huge fan of Dan's Fish Fry. For those of you who are in other countries or big cities and may not be familiar, that's a thing we do here in Indiana where a guy brings his little trailer and uh, fries fish and chicken and tenderloins. And um, we have a cult following. People will drive out for that like they drive out for tennis majors in the Indy 500. Pretty much, so, yeah. <laughs> um, but... Well, how I, I, I we went and sat in one, and um, I I felt it was mildly inappropriate, knowing what I know about Lawrence, Grandpa, and Grandma, who were the ones who were really involved with the mm-hmm. lodge. Um, there were some guys talking very openly about their their uh, I believe you said master, the grandmaster, yeah. and how he was running things. And I thought, well, these guys are a bunch of buttholes, if you will. Um, were they so outside? I, were they outside of a lodge room? Mm. Well, I, well uh, we were eating them whatever and, cafeteria in the cafeteria, gimmick, whatever cafeteria so, gimmick they had. Here's the thing with that: they should not really have been doing that because that is tearing another brother down and all this stuff. We are all on the same level, but. There are some who treat it as though it is still, um, it's like anything else. Anything is open for fair game for discussion. Um, And I mean, the reason why they would be complaining or griping about the way the Grand Lodge is being run or anything like that is simply because we care about it to such a degree that when we see things going on that doesn't line up with what we have, of course, what are we going to do? We're going to voice our concern, right? The biggest nail in the coffin, and it's not just Freemasonry, it is the Lions Club, it's the Kiwanis, it's the Rotary, it's churches in general even. Um, It's the statement that we have said for years is the killer. Well, that's not the way we've done it. This is the way we've always done it. Folks, I'm going to tell you something right now. Just because you've done it that way for so many years doesn't mean that it's going to keep working. I hate to break your tiny little tiger heart. Well, and that's why I was asking because, you know, if Freemasonry in certain, even if it's just in certain sections is keeping up with the next generation. Some of them are, um, a lot of them are. Then that's a step in the right direction because so many of those clubs don't want to change. They don't. With the and times. And, you know, I was a member of the Lions Club, and I happen to know we can talk very freely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, um, I neither understood three-quarters of what the heck they were talking about. Probably not, no. Nor... Uh, was I ever consulted on anything? Our third meeting in, a guy named the Tail Twister came around and started collecting money if we weren't wearing our vest and hat. I had not been given a vest or hat, so I was very resentful about that. Mm-hmm. So I had to put like five bucks in this basket because I wasn't wearing something. No one freaking gave me. So 
Uh, that lasted about eight months, and they asked for dues, and I said, you can take your dues and shove them up your, you know, hind end. I'm yeah. not interested in this anymore. And what I discovered from my time in the Lions Club was, one, I could see why guys joined it, but I could also see why young men weren't. Yeah, it's... Because um... they did... That group, and it may, I happen to know for a fact it's not just that group. Uh, I don't feel like they do a very good job explaining things. Not really. It, it, that bothered me. Because my dad has been a very, very, very prominent Lions Club member. Multiple time president, um, award winning charitable man. But even he has not overly communicated well about, you know, and he's, he's a multi time president of his club. I was never asked to join that club. Really? Wow. And that's why I wanted to know, you know, if the Freemasons are doing something different, what is it? Because there, there's so many of those clubs are just like, I, don't, I think they'd rather just let it die and not have us. I, I think, I think, because, and the, 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 the Lions Club is a little bit of a different, they're a different deal altogether. I thought about joining the Lions Club, and the more and more I looked at it, the more and more... They do a lot of good, don't get me wrong. They really and truly do. They're a great organization. With eyeglasses and things. Exactly. Good work. They do. But the one... I, I wasn't going to join the local one. I was going to join one that was... Um, it was up in... I can't remember where it was. No, it was up in northern Indiana. The only reason was was because there was a good bunch of guys I was good friends with that were members and they wanted me to join. And I, it was like a monthly meeting, and I could actually sneak up there. It was going to work out where I could sneak up there and go to it. And we were going to make an evening of it, go to dinner and all this fun stuff afterwards. Um, but the more and more that I saw how things were run with it and the way that they carried themselves with it, I wasn't a fan. Now, that's not to say. There are a lot of Lions Club members that I know that are awesome men, that are awesome people. Um the ones that I interacted with in that setting that were completely strangers to me, I I wasn't really a fan. So I can I can understand that. Depends on where you're at. Freemasonry, we've struggled um, a little bit. Uh, there are some areas that they do very well. The grant, you know, the, the lodges around like Washington D.C. on the Eastern Seaboard, they get a lot more of the younger members because. The foundations of Freemasonry are all along there. Virginia, Massachusetts, um, New York, Pennsylvania, Washington, D.C. I mean, it's all there. So, yeah, you're going to get the kids who's going on the, the field trip in fifth grade. They see, you know, the they see the the statue of George Washington, um, the, the Masonic um, statue of, uh, of George Washington. They're going to see that, and then they're going to be curious about when they're later. Here in Indiana, we're starting to kind of start shaking off what we've always done it this way. We're starting to work towards getting new members and getting younger members. And and it's working to a degree, um, but we've got a long way to go. Long, long way to go. Well, my, my final question before we begin our wrap-up. Yeah. And, I, of course, you can make... Uh some comments as you see fit um, as we close. Maybe I didn't ask that you really want to share. Sure. Um, this is a very specific question submitted by um, Chad Wallace many, many years ago. 
a good friend of mine and yours, Chad mm-hmm. Wallace. Um, have you lost a sword fight? I'm still here, ain't I? I, I that's what I'm saying. Have you yeah. even had any anywhere close? Well, to give context, there's a very prominent member of the church here at Willow Branch and of the town Willow Branch, um, a gentleman whose whose name I will hold to the vest, but he is a very very high ranking mason, is my understanding, and um, he carries a sword of some sorts. Yes, and. Um, Chad was always wondering, he wanted to ask if Irv had ever lost a sword fight. <laughs> so, I know, I know who you, I know who you're talking about, and I know so what Irv he's a member may of. may or may not be his real name. I know, but I know who you're talking it about. It could also be Bill, or William, or Chad, or Devin, or <laughs> Marcus, or whatever. He, um, he is a member of, of what's called Grand Commandery. They are the ones who still wear the hats from like the late 17, early 1800s with the feather plumes and all this. Um, the sword is more ceremonial, but I'll tell you this. there's a f- Years ago, there was guys who, they weren't just purely ceremonial. They, they had to wipe the blade off or they, they stuck it back in the sheath. But that's been a hundred and some years ago. Um, but... There's a lot of stuff with Freemasonry that gets a bad rap. We get we get labeled as devil worshippers. We get labeled as a cult. We're not. I mean, you've known me for some time now. If I was a member of a cult, don't you think you'd be able to pick it out by now? I feel like I would have caught on to something, particularly if it was devil worship. There would have been hints. I mean, you know, I don't necessarily think I'd be in ministry, but... Uh, well, I don't feel like devil worshippers would do the kind of great charitable work that the the men of, you know, the Shriners and the the uh, Mirat and, you know... If you look hard enough, you can see that you're not dealing with bad people. No. You're dealing usually with very good people. That's what we try to be. Not all the time. No, all the time. But most uh, of the time, you're dealing with people who are part of it to do good. Oh, I'll, I'll share this. I mean, we've gotten a bad rap. And actually, years ago, there was a political party named after us. It was the Anti-Masonic Party. Had presidential candidates running. And conveniently, the year that they actually had somebody competing against, and it was actually looking pretty good, got beat by Andrew Jackson, who we just know, noted as a Freemason. And that's where all everybody throw, well, you know, the Freemasons run the country, the Freemasons do this, do that, trying to start a new world order and all this. No, we're not. The, the, the first everyday, everyman president who was a incredibly filthy, rich southern planter <laughs> the everyman, Andrew Jackson. He he pulled himself up by his you know bootstraps and and kept going. The only thing we can credit Andrew Jackson with being an everyman is the fact that he put men in positions of power on the cabinet who had no business being on there. In fact, it has been noted in several history books I've read that Martin Van Buren, who I believe was his Secretary of State, was the only human being who had any business he doing had, the job that he was given. <laughs> so He was the only guy who kind of was like, hey guys, we kind of have to do this, you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, but, but I mean, hey, I praise presidents like Andrew Jackson and FDR pre-1936 
and Bill Clinton and Teddy Roosevelt and Ulysses S. Grant are great presidents who like to party. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and people don't know, FDR pre-36 drank cocktails, smoked cigars, and uh, entertained guests every night until a doctor noticed he had an enlarged heart and made him stop. Well... So, <laughs> To a degree, um, he didn't stop at all. But well, no, he still. I mean, he literally, and he did the same thing that Grant did when he got diagnosed with lung with throat cancer. He had to stop smoking cigars and went to smoking a pipe. Grant did. FDR went from smoking cigars to smoking cigarettes <laughs> because they were smaller and they were not as harsh. Well, surely they're not as bad for you. No, in thirty seven in the thirties, no. Heck, kids got them with their breakfast at school, you know. Here's two eggs, a piece of toast, and a pack of Luckies, you know. Just have at it, boys. Don't forget your bourbon. So. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I mean, Freemasonry is... If you want to know about it, and we've only grazed the surface of it here, but if you want to know more about it, ask a Freemason. And don't... Don't get hostile. Don't be a jerk. I'm just going to flat out say... No, as as we've noted here this evening, what what your average Joe doesn't know about Freemasons could fill a warehouse. So take it easy, ask questions, learn, do your research. I'm sure there's plenty out there. There is pros and cons, indifferent with the information you're probably seeking. And honestly, most folks who've had a run in with Freemasons, they were uncomfortable with. Probably just encountered something they didn't understand. Funeral rites. Yeah. A festival of some sorts. It, it's not... They're human beings. They're not They're not that scary. It's... I'll, I'll tell you this. With the amount of Freemasons that there's like millions of them. I think there's like 16 million in the world. Or 6 million in the world. 6 million guys who are all tied to the same one thing. If we were going to control the world, don't you think we'd... Have done it by now. You know, at least have a seat at the table. I mean, and, which you know, you know they kind of do. <laughs> we have, uh, but I mean, yeah. Just if you have any questions, reach out. Reach out to through this show. I don't care. Um, you know, it's 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 something I'm passionate about. It's something I'm I'm a member of, and dealing with it as a pastor. I've had people say, well, how can you be a pastor and a Freemason? And as I said, I get up, I go to church on Sunday, and I go to lodge on Wednesday. Um, there's nothing in Freemasonry that pulls me away from my obligation to God. It pull, does not pull me away from my commitment to God. If anything, I have seen my faith grow deeper by being a Mason. Uh, it, it sounds odd, I know, specifically since we can't talk about religion in the lodge room, but my my faith has grown deeper because of it. Um, so that is, I mean, good questions, by the way. You know, not that they were prepared or anything, but uh, well, not all of them. But yeah, it, good question. I, th- I thumbed through it. I, I didn't feel like um, I didn't feel like we could go with. You know, I do this. You you know this. A lot of people don't know this, right? Which I had a decom meeting in California this week. Um, <laughs> Um, a lot of people don't know this. I pick and choose questions. I don't mm. follow. 
And it really, uh, it really got on the nerves of my partner. We enjoyed working together, but I didn't follow the questions necessarily, and certainly not in order. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm an improvisation person. That's I, I, I look at the list. Probably I see what's you. important. And um, I will tell people when I do those meetings, those Methodist meetings, I'll just tell them. Hey, I'm required to ask you this, and I don't care what your answer is, and I just want you to know I'm not listening. Um, how is it with your soul? Oh, my. That is one of the questions, and I get asked it every freaking time I get interviewed by higher-up. Glenn, how is it with your soul? And usually my response is, I don't know, good? What, like, what, are, you, what are you asking? And I'm not trying to be hostile, but... That's a stupid question. It is a stupid question. It, it is. And I, I asked it. one guy, I was like, well, I'm legally obligated to ask you this. And he answered it. You're kidding. Like 15 minutes, I'm like... <laughs> Dude, just... I'm paying lip service for this, okay? Just move on. Let's move on. So, well, well fortunately this year... Well, that's not true. Uh, this time around, I didn't have to get on anybody's case. Everyone had done what they were supposed to do. Um... Met a gentleman, uh, I won't drop his name on here, but uh, a fellow in inner, inner Indianapolis. I wish I could clone him. We need about 10 of him in the Methodist Church. Mm. Um, so, restored a little bit of my hope, but I had to inform the DS, and I don't think she's very happy with me. CS, if you're listening and you're a Methodist conference superintendent, <coughs> they're district superintendents. I'm tired of this. Um, now, this will be my last run on DCOM, at least for a year mm-hmm. or two. Um not only am I teaching, but I've gotten a paying job tutoring with Ivy Tech. So nice. We're going more of the education route. Plus, I want to try to shove ASL in there because I'm crazy. Nah, uh, you know, it, we all need it. We all need a, uh, We need no, something to keep going. I thought we would avoid questions like, um, "Did the Knights Templar prior to 1717 take oaths of secrecy?" Uh, can a well, no, we asked that question. Um, how much does it cost to join Masons? None of your business. Um, well, I mean, that, that varies from lodge to lodge. Um, is attendance required? No, but it's encouraged. Attendance. So you're talking about lodge meetings. Mm-hmm. I avoided that because I didn't know what I was going to get into there. Um, uh, is Masonry a patriotic organization? I assume Absolutely. Um, do Masons have a particular kind of dress? Just the apron. Um... I mean, suit, typically, sometimes. I can answer this one for you. Yes. Are black people permitted to be Masons? For the love of God, yes. Please do. Uh, We on this show um, pride ourselves on loving all people. Um, I work with, um, I have worked and work with many folks who don't fit the traditional mold for some folks. And we love our friends from all nations, all creeds, all colors on this show and then with our families as well. Um, so absolutely they are, and they should be. Um, have well, You will answer it a little bit. Masonry been attacked by religious groups. Have these oh, absolutely. Yes, Andrew Jackson shoved that dude's face in pig crap and challenged him to a duel. Because <laughs> that's what Andrew Jackson did. Um, Andrew Jackson wounded in a duel. Yes. Some people don't know that. Mm-hmm. And he killed the guy. So there you go. Still won. Um... On the religious groups, there are the big one that is against us is the Catholic Church. 
I can believe that. They, they don't like us. The Baptist groups, the Pentecost groups, they do not like us as well. Well, and um, as we talked recently, um, I encountered some folks at the voting booth um, there in Shirley Wilkinson area um, who referred to the Catholics not even as a Christian faith. Because yes. They said they had relatives who were married to folks who were saved from that evil Catholic faith. So no worries, the job's being done for you on answering that one with mm, people's wonderful friends. Let me let me just take a moment here. Um, we on this show do not dislike the Catholic Church, despite how they feel about us. Mm-hmm. We're both Protestants. He's a Mason. We know where we stand with him. But make no mistake about it. And if you're upset about it, take it up with them. Roman Catholicism is the original <clears throat> Christianity. And if you don't like that, deal with it. Protestantism was founded in the 1400s, so you're going to have to get over it. Yeah, ah. just, just a little bit. Just a little. If you want to join a not-Roman Catholic tradition that's much older than that, you're going to have to be Greek Orthodox. And I'm telling you right now, you ain't going to like them, and they ain't going to like you. So <laughs> you're going to have to change some things. So, folks, that's it for us tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Matthew has delivered some great information. Um, again, uh, if you in this country, we don't do a good job of asking about the things that bother us. If it bothers you, LGBTQ issues, friends, there are people who are gay, who are trans, who are bi, who would love to sit down and talk to you. They're not. They're people. If that bothers you, learn more about it. Lean into it. You don't have to accept it. You don't have to say it's okay. But you can sit down with another human being and respect them for being a human being. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. If you have questions about Freemasonry, ask. If you have questions about Islam, I have on good authority. They will sit down and talk with you. But respect that's the big thing. Is the key. That's the huge Respecting thing. Respecting people as human beings and understanding that not everyone is like you is the big step you need to take. Yeah. I mean, you're everyone is entitled to their own opinion. Everybody's entitled to their own belief. Um, I I highly doubt that this show, this tonight's episode, will change anybody's opinion on Freemasonry. If anything, it'll give them fodder for still hating it. I'm okay with that. Um, well, I'm not okay with it. I am, I'm okay with the fact that you're entitled to your own opinion. Because I respect you. I respect that opinion. But, I expect the same out of you with me. I expect you to respect me being a Freemason, being a pastor, being a Christian. Because I respect you and all that you do. Do I accept it? Do I agree with it? No, probably not. But do I respect you? Absolutely, because you have your own opinion. But we would be so much further along in this country if we realized that people like George Washington, Douglas MacArthur, Ulysses S. Grant, fought for the right for people to be who they wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And if we could get back to that understanding of each other, we would be so much better off. You don't have to participate in what I do. You don't have to like what I do. We can still be pals. Yeah. You can still respect. Absolutely. Other human beings. And to be honest, there's some great people out there that you're not getting to know simply because you're allowing yourself to be afraid to do so. Absolutely. So on that note, we're going to get out of here. 
Good night, Lindy and Kessid. Kessid, still proud of you. Great show. Lindy, still proud of you just because of who you are. Good night, gals. And good morning, Vladivostok. Where I found out recently I was not banned from Russia. So I'm not trying hard enough. Vladimir Putin, kiss my ever-loving grits. Good night, everybody. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening, everybody.